footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and everybody. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. So glad that you're here this morning and ready to praise the Lord and receive from heaven. Amen. Experience the glory of God. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for your goodness today. We give you the high praise. We give you the glory and the honor that is due you, Lord. And we come before your throne with boldness and confidence in what Jesus has done for us. And Lord, we give you the glory and the praise because we love you and we welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Spirit is always full of power. It's already inside of us, and we have to bring it on the outside. Amen? In this river, it's life. It's full of life. It's the life of God that's in us. And we're letting it out into this atmosphere today by faith. Amen? You will fall on 
you're here with us, Holy Spirit. We thank you that this atmosphere is activated for miracles, signs, and wonders. That the word of God will go forth with power and authority. Come on, you ask for it this morning. Whatever it is that we're missing, whatever is lacking in our lives, Father, we ask you for it. We speak light into the atmosphere. We speak light be into the atmosphere right now. I thank you, Lord, that you'll answer. You have solutions. You have higher levels to take us to that we've never seen before. We saturate this 
let's be willing participants of the work of the Spirit of God. Receive His breath. He breathes life. He breathes strength. He gives guidance. He is our helper. Hallelujah. He is our comforter. He is our standby. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for moving by your power in this place. Touch every heart right now. Hallelujah. Thank him for helping you. Thank him for showing you the way. Thank him for leading you to your healing. Thank you, for Thank him for showing you what belongs to you. Hallelujah. We can have no better helper than the Holy Ghost. If you can pray in tongues, pray in tongues right now. If you don't pray in tongues yet, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you for being so gracious to us. Your presence is here. And now our ears turn to you as you speak to us. this morning and you know it's communion Sunday amen and Pastor Nelson is going to come and share communion with us and while he's coming off stage and getting stuff ready isn't God good and you know what the thing about God is he just keeps getting better and better amen you know there is a place in God that we can go from glory to glory we don't, have to ha- we don't have to spend any time in the valley. We can just go from glory to glory. Amen? And if you encounter a valley, you're going to go through it so quickly, you'd be like, what was that? Amen? Are you ready, Pastor Nelson? Hallelujah. Let's get our hearts 
get ready to go before God's table. Good morning. God is so good, isn't he? All right. Well, we are taking communion, and uh, we have two tables in the back of the sanctuary. And I'm just asking if you go back and uh, get your, your juice and your bread. And we'll get ready here. See, Jesus says eh, he is worthy, isn't he? See, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar, the cross. See, now we are free people. So if we are free of penalties and punishments chalked up by our own misdeeds, this is not just barely free, but we are abundantly free. See, the Lord God, he thought of everything. He provided for everything that we could, also, that we could ever possibly need, letting us on this, the plans he took, such a delay of making just for us. See, God, he intended the communion to be an intimate time for believers to fellowship with the, with the Lord God. See, Jesus, he became the final sacrifice the spotless lamb of God offered to take away sins of the world. See, God, he created the Lord's Supper for that reason. See, when we receive it today, we take planted on, on everything that Jesus sacrificed. He provided salvation for us, peace of mind, healing, and total prosperity. Because otherwise, we will be neglecting the enjoyment the gifts that he sacrificed for us. See, in John 6.35, the Lord Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus told them, no one comes through me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will ever thirst again. And what he did on in 1 Corinthians 11.23-25, Jesus said, that night which he was betrayed, he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it and said, Take, eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. And also, in the same manner, he also took the cup, and he supped from it, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament in the blood and do this as often as you can. Remember to me, take and drink. Father, we just thanking you for you are worthy. And we thanking you, Father, like it says in Ephesians 5, 1, for therefore be imitators like you and follow you, your great examples that you have for us. And we just thanking you, Jesus, for taking that, that cross for us. We thanking you for, for such a time as this. And we thanking you, Father, for such a great, great Father that you are. Amen.
serve a good God, don't Amen. we? Amen. And he's given us, he's delegated authority to us to be able to speak his word. Yes. And so now we want to speak his word and make a confession based on his word. Let's make our confession. Our, our Heavenly, Heavenly Father, Father has given to us another comforter to comfort us, encourage us, and strengthen us. He helps us to stay on God's course. God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever. He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor to guide us in life. We have the Spirit of wisdom who teaches us all things. He is eternal. He was involved in creation. And he knows all things. We are learning great things from him. The Holy Spirit is our personal powerhouse who abides within us and overshadows us. Through him we can boldly testify how good our Father God is. We welcome and receive help in all things through the Holy Spirit. He helps us solve problems, find solutions, and outsmart all enemies to give us victory in life. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally who stands for righteousness, holiness, and truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us what is ours. He provides us with special abilities and extraordinary power through divine grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. I think we have some announcements, but I don't know where the paper is. So I'll just say it. Yeah. Both of our announcers are away. <laughs> uh, so we have Tuesday night youth. Yes. They have a good time. Sometimes I'm here late on a Tuesday night in my office, and I hear them, and I go, wow. If only the youth of Palmyra would come. This whole community will be changed in a week, like for real. Because the Holy Spirit just comes in, and we got fire, water, laughter, like freedom like you never even imagined. So I'm just saying, folks, if you're watching us, your teenagers having a hard time? Seriously, Tuesday, every Tuesday, 6 o'clock, come in. We're going to even give them dinner, and then they can hang out. And then, I mean, God just shows up because he is like, I mean, David was a youth. Yep. David was a youth when he was first anointed, and look at what he did with the anointing. You know, if the youth can't go in the presence of God somewhere, their anointing that they were born with, that they were born to have on this earth, doesn't get activated. Right. And the devil then comes in and hijacks their gift and puts evil powers with it, if there's such a thing. You understand what I'm saying? By promotion, by doing all these things to get them all hyped up, and, and uses their gift for the world, whereas we saw recently in the news, people just die standing in a concert. Right? That's what the devil does with the gifts of people when they can't come into the presence of God and get it activated. So this is a very serious thing. It's not something where 
We just want the kids to come do something here so they won't go somewhere and do something bad. I think those days are over. We want the kids to come here to get empowered. Yes. By the power of God so they can go out and uh, do good works in front of men so that they can glorify their Father in heaven by their good works. Amen? I was reading something about the Lord led me to read David and Goliath, the story of David and Goliath. And I was just going to say something for a couple of minutes. <laughs> He's like, okay. David and Goliath. Do you know when it was time for Samuel to anoint David? Right? The Lord told him, go anoint David. And Samuel said, if I go... Saul is going to kill me if he knows I'm going to anoint another king. And the Lord says, here's what you're going to do. Take a bull and go do a sacrifice. Tell him you're going to do sacrifice with Jesse's household. And then when you're there, anoint the king that I tell you to anoint. Isn't the, You see how God has strategy? Yes. I was like, well, looky there. So there's strategies available in the Word of God for us to see how to do things. And I'm still on the youth thing. you got to bring your teenage. Send your teenagers here. Any teenager you run into this week, tell them to come here. Yes. Amen? Their lives will be changed. Yes. Amen? And then Wednesday night, we have Wednesday night refreshing. Mm-hmm. Our Wednesday night refreshing crowd is growing pretty big, I think. They might even be out doing the Sunday morning crowd here pretty soon. So <laughs> come on Wednesday nights, Wednesday night refreshing, 630. And then we have Bible Adventure on Thursday. And then we have Woven this Friday. So that's good, too. You should come to Woven. Yep. That's pretty good. Invite your friends. Last time, <laughs> I was like, we only had half the crowd for Woven. What happened? Well, we forgot to send out a phone call. So the half that doesn't come to church that comes to Woven, they're from other churches. They never realized that we had Woven, so they didn't come. But uh, So our ladies were here. But uh, just plan to come. It starts at, what time does it start? Um, six. six. <laughs> it starts at six o'clock. So anyway, that's my spiel for today. Amen. Oh, and thank you, everybody, for your blessings last yes week. we appreciate it very very much thank, thank you. you for your honor and your gifts and your celebration we are greatly greatly appreciative hallelujah i want to um share with you joy in giving you know that there's joy in giving and i want you to go with me to matthew chapter 2 Matthew chapter 2, and uh, it is the story of some kings that made a great long-distance journey just to see Jesus, all right? And notice it says, verse 10, Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. Now, this is when Jesus wasn't... uh, um, in in the barn, right? He was in the house. So he was a little bit older. He wasn't just a baby. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. What did they do? Rejoice. They exceeded rejoicing. I mean, how many know that in joy you can exceed the limits? Yeah. All right. So they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's a powerful statement. Could you exceed in your joy a little bit? Amen. 
And then on top of that, they had great joy, okay? So I want you to then, um, and after entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. So there's joy, there's uh, worship, right? And then after opening their treasure chests, everybody say chests. That's more than one, right? Now, now wait a minute. They traveled a long way. How did they know they were going to give something to the king? Because it was in their heart to give it when they began. Amen? They knew that when you come see a king, you come to present him with a gift and worship and honor. Amen? They had prepared this gift long before you know, they, uh, they got here. And they opened up their treasure chest and they presented to him gifts fit for a king. And they were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Jesus got rich as a, as a young boy. Amen? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And as a result of their giving and as a result of their worship, their lives were protected from danger. Right? They were told to go back home another way to avoid Herod. Amen? God has another strategy. And uh, he'll do the same for you too. Amen? Have you presented, you're going to present your gifts today, right? Maybe you already have, and maybe you're going to. You can do it any time during the service. You're presenting a gift to the king. Amen? And he receives your gifts, and then he takes your gifts and makes it more. And then gives the more back to you. He, he receives your gifts and gives you more. Amen. So, Father, this morning, I bless every giver and their gifts that they have brought before you. And I thank you, Lord, that you are honored, worshiped, and praised. And we have exceeding joy and great joy, Father. We delight greatly in you because of your goodness and your graciousness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. And, of course, you're watching online. You can give that way, too, through our website. All right, kids. Do we have some awesome kids for Kids Life? I want you to stand up and get ready. We're going to dismiss you to your class. Kids, have a great class. Be blessed. Teachers, thank you so much. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Well, how many are excited about Jesus this morning? You know, our excitement for Jesus is not based on how we feel. It's based on what we believe. Amen? And uh, this morning, we're going to find out what's on the inside of you. How many know that what's on the inside of you makes a difference in your life? If you've got good things inside of you, then good things are going to come out of you and be produced from you. But if you've got bad things in you, bad things are going to come out of you and be produced in you. Amen? How many know it makes a difference what you put in you? God has designed you for good quality, high octane things to be put in you. Right? And I want you to go with me this morning to Psalm 119. And I, I was hearing this, uh, this verse for a few days, 
And then I decided, okay, well, I didn't decide, but, you know, God was communicating to me. Amen. You know, when God says something more than twice, you really need to listen. It's called the law of double enunciation. Right? Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Abraham, Abraham. Right? And uh, so God was communicating this verse to me in verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. And it says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So I want to ask you a question this morning. What is hiding in your heart? What do you have hiding in your heart? Amen? And uh, the psalmist, he knew that he needed to get God's word in his heart to prevent him from sinning. You know, he had the word in his heart to a greater degree than the pressure and temptation of sin. How many know that you can overcome this world through God's word? You can get healed by God's word. Of course, we're saved by God's word, right? And God didn't just give us his word to do stuff for us. He gave it so that we could actually put it in us, to deposit it in us. Here are a few other translations of this verse. The New American Standard Bible says, Thy word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, he laid it up, right? He, he stacked it full, right? He, he made some rich deposits. You know, if you want to be able to draw money from a bank, you've got to put some in there, right? All right, the English Standard Version says this. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How many has ever canned anything? I have never canned anything, but I've eaten stuff from cans. Right? But when you can fruit or vegetables, what are you doing? You're storing it up for a, a, a different time. You know, maybe uh, you, you've gathered the fruit and the vegetables in the summer and you're storing it for the winter. You know, isn't that what squirrels do? Right? They deposit nuts everywhere. Right? Because I watch them in my backyard. And, and they know exactly where they made the deposit so that they can get that when they need it. Amen? So we got to store up God's word in our heart. Why? It's the only sin preventative that we have. Just like your toothpaste is supposed to prevent tooth decay, God's word prevents sin decay. Amen? It is the only antidote, only preventative medicine against sin is God's word. And it needs to be laid up, stored up, and deposited in your heart. The, the contemporary English version says this, I treasure your word above all else. It keeps me from sinning against you. See, you've got to consider God's word the most valuable treasure that you possess. And you've got to uh, treasure God's word, right? And your heart is the treasury, right? It's where you make deposits and make withdrawals. So you got to make sure that you put some things in your heart. 
Because what's in your heart will be carried out in your life. All right? God's Word translation says, I have treasured your promise in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Right? So you treasure his promise. And the literal standard version says, I have hid your saying in my heart that I do not sin before you. See, when you put God's word in your heart, you're putting strength in your heart. You're putting the very substance that made the universe into your heart. Has, has the universe failed in doing what it's supposed to do? It's still going today, isn't it? That's the power of the word. See, when you're putting God's word in your heart, you're putting something eternal in your heart. When you're putting God's word in your heart, you're putting something true in your heart. When you're putting God's word in your heart, you're putting the power of God in your heart. Amen? The word of God is the most incredible substance. It's what our faith is based on. Faith comes by hearing what? The word. You could say that God's word is faith food. Right? So when you treasure something... You know, you, you consider it valuable. You consider it important. Right? Look at Psalm 27, verse 5. Psalm 27, verse 5. The same word is used here. It says, for in the day of trouble, he will hide me. How many know when trouble comes, God's got a hiding place for you? That same word, hide me, is the same word used here in Psalm 119. He will hide me in his shelter, in the secret place of his tent. He will hide me. He will lift me upon a rock. Woo, how many are glad that God's got a hiding place that the devil can't find you? Amen? Glory to God. That's the same word, right? And did you know, according to Psalm 31, 19, it says, how great is your goodness, which you have stored up. Did you know God's got some goodness stored up for you? He's, the word stored up is the same word in Psalm 119, which is stored up for those who fear you. See, if you want to access the goodness that's been stored up for you, you've got to have a relationship with God. You've got to have respect, honor, and reverence for God. All right? Otherwise, you can't access the goodness that's been stored up for you. Amen? And look at Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Remember what the psalm said, your word have I hid in my heart. What you got hiding in your heart? What you've been, what you've been storing up in your heart? What you've been laying up in your heart? I'm going to tell you this, whatever you've been laying up in your heart is going to come out in your life. Okay? Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. Now, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified because it's bringing some things out here. My son, if you will receive my words. How many know you've got to receive God's words? Why? It'll change your life. 
the only thing that can change your life is God's words. I like, I like the fact that he said, receive my words. Not just one word, but there's a whole lot of words in this book, right? Receive my words and treasure my commandments. Say, you, you got to treasure God's commandments. Guess what? You know, God's commandments is, is more valuable than the finest gold on this planet. It's more valuable than the richest silver deposit on this planet. God's word. And you got to receive it. you got to treasure it within you. Isn't that interesting? Within you. Let me say within. You have a secret safety deposit box called your heart. It's not the organ that pumps blood. It is your spirit. Your spirit can contain God's word. And you can carry it with you. You can call upon it whenever you need it. You can activate it whenever you need to do it. Amen. You can become word man or word woman. You don't even have to go to a phone booth to change. All you got to do is speak his word. But you know, it's going to be hard to speak his word if you haven't put any word in. Do you realize you can't call someone unless you dial the number? Oh, well, you could say, well, I use Siri. But Siri still got, someone's got to dial the number, right? You can't just hold your phone and call someone. You've got to actually put the number in, or Siri's got to put the number in to call the person, right? You've got to access their, their communication device. Amen? Well, I'm just going to take a little side note here, but did you know that God speaks the language of his word? That's the language of the Holy Spirit. He speaks the word of God. And the best way for you to clearly hear God's word to you or hear his voice is to know his word. And his word's got to be in you. All right. Verse two, let your ear is attentive to wisdom. Say, I'm listening to wisdom. And apply your heart to understanding. See, not only do you have to deposit the word in you, you've got to do something with it. The word in you is not just a trophy case. It is a practical, useful, powerful tool for you to have success in this world. Okay? Apply your heart to understanding. That means... Seeking conscientiously and striving for it eagerly. How many eager, conscientious strivers do we have in here today? All right, verse 3. Yes, if you cry out for insight. Did you know that God will give you insight if you ask? Crying out is asking. It's a form of prayer. Right? Lift up your voice for understanding. What does that mean? God, I don't understand this. And this is, God says, good, let me show you. Right? But acting like we understand something when we don't understand something, that's, that's not good. Who, who puts deception in their heart? The enemy. He's a deceiver. He's got nothing but lies and deception and untruths in his heart. All right? Verse uh, 4. If you seek skillful and godly wisdom as you would silver. Well, how do you get silver? 
Sometimes you got to dig for it, right? How do I dig for godly wisdom? I got to dig for it. Sometimes it's not just on the surface. You've got to dig. You've got to study. You've got to get into it. Amen? And we're a word church here. We love the word and we love the Holy Spirit. We love them both. We need them both. Amen? Okay? If you seek skillful and godly wisdom as you would silver and search for her as you would hidden treasures, then you will understand. You know, understanding comes after you search for it. But you've got to look in the right place. God gave you the greatest, most valuable mind that you could ever possess right here. Amen? It's the most greatest productive mind that you could ever own, and it's already been given to you. Hallelujah. You didn't have to. All you got to do is, is just access it. It's yours. It's available to you. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. See, to have God's word of promise laid up in your heart, it's the only security against being being uh, surprised in the sin. It is actually a sin preventative. What did Joseph say when he was tempted with Potiphar's wife? I mean, she kept at it day after day after day after day. I mean, she was working what she could work, right? She was doing her best to lure Joseph into a trap. But what was his response? How can I do this against God? He did not even have the spirit of God in him. But yet he had an honor and a love for God that prevented him from getting into that temptation. He kept himself pure. Same thing with Daniel. Same thing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen? What you treasure in your heart will show up in your life. You're not going to be able to hide what's in your heart. Right? Did you know that Cain couldn't hide murder that was in his heart? Even though God gave him an opportunity to get it right, he said, why, why, is, so, why is your countenance changed, Cain? But Cain already had murder in his heart. He'd been meditating on murder, hatred. He was seething. You know what that word means? <laughs> you know. Huff and puff. Because his brother's offering was accepted and his wasn't. Because he did it in the wrong attitude in the wrong way. There was no honor in Cain's offering. So God's not going to accept it. And God said, look, sin is crouching at the door. But if you, if you do right, you'll be accepted. God gave him a way out. God gave him a way out of that temptation. God always gives you a way out of the temptation. But what happened? He was meditating on something in his heart, and it showed up in his life. Oh, Cain, where's your brother? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, you just killed him and left him laying in the field. Not only did he kill his brother, but he lied about it. Because that's what happened. When you, meditate, when you put the wrong things in your heart, it's going to show up in your life. What did God say about uh, the people of the world in Genesis 6-5? All they think about is evil continually in their heart. Can you think about, 
they were letting evil be deposited in their hearts, and so therefore it came out in their life. Whether you want to or not, your heart produces fruit, and the fruit is seen in your life. What seeds you've been putting in your heart are going to come out in your life. They're going to grow. And they're going to be made manifest. It'll be heard in your speech. It'll be seen in your action. It'll be apparent what's in your heart. I didn't say that. God said it. The psalmist says, I've I've hid your word in my heart. See, I've got to hide God's word in my heart. See, good seed needs to mingle with good ground. If you have a good seed and bad ground, it's still not going to produce what you need it to produce. You've got to take your seed. And, isn't that right? People who, who, who have a green thumbs. I don't have any green thumbs. Right? But how many know you've you got to put it in good soil, right? You've got to put the seed in the right environment. Even if you have good seed, but you put it in the bad environment, it's not going to produce like you want it to. All right? You know, if you don't hide too many things in your heart, you're shallow. There's no depth to you. How many know we got to hide the word depth, the word deep into us? It's called being rooted and grounded. I mean, we need some roots in the word of God. We need some roots into God's word, Amen that go down deep. Why? I'm sucking my nutrients from the word. You got to hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against him. The reason sin occurs is because we haven't hidden enough word in our heart or we don't value the word that we hid in our heart enough. Right? Because the Bible says when we sin, we're drawn away of our own lusts. The lusts that we have are already, lust is just desire. The desires we already have, that's what, that's what draws us away. We're already drawn away by our own lusts that are already in our heart. So you've got to flush, ever say flush the lust out. How are you going to do that? You've got some word of God. Put it in there and it flushes the lust out. Amen. It flushes the greed out. It flushes the pride out. Hallelujah. It flushes the self-righteousness out. Why? You can't have that stuff in your heart because it'll come out in your life. And then you reap the consequences and you say, well, God, how come you did this? And God says, I didn't do it. You did it. The Israelites who were delivered from Egypt, they kept telling God that he brought them out of Egypt to kill them in the wilderness. He didn't bring them out to kill them. That wasn't his desire. But they kept saying it. They kept thinking it. They kept believing it. What happened? They died in the wilderness. Why? Because killing was in their heart. Dying was in their heart. But living was in the heart of Joshua and Caleb. What happened to them? They lived. There was no funeral for Joshua or Caleb in the wilderness until they completed their purpose. Amen? Anyone 
who doesn't take the time, effort, or decide to hear God's word and put it in your heart is either a coward or lazy. I didn't say that. Uh, Matthew Henry said that. (laughs) That's a quote. When God made it so easy to put his word in our heart, how come we don't take the time and effort to do it? Huh? Well, I'm too busy. I'm too distracted. I got too much going on. You, you need to stop and think about that. that, that that's telling me that, you, that other things are more important than God. Come on. <laughs> oh, we're going to get real in here today. But this will set you free. Amen? Here's the good news. If you came in empty, you don't have to leave empty. You can get filled up. All right? But I'm going to encourage you to put, hide God's word in your heart. All right? Hallelujah. You've got to bury his word deep in your heart, in the midst of your being. Why? When it's in your heart, it will affect everything else. Just like the food you eat. If you want to get strength from food, you've got to eat it. You can't just look at it. Oh, look at that apple. That apple is so beautiful. Yeah, but if you want, what, if you want the benefits of that apple, you, that apple has to get in you. That apple's not going to benefit you outside of you. God's word is not going to benefit you outside of you. You've got to get it in you. Amen? I'm telling you, God's weaving his word in our hearts today. This is one of those spinach and broccoli messages. Right? If you want to be a strong Christian, how many want to be strong Christians? Well, you know, you know the, the best vitamin of a Christian is? B1. That's the best vitamin of a Christian. B1. Right? You've got to hide God's word in your heart. How do you do that? Read the Bible. Study the Bible. Meditate in the Bible. Observe to do it. Don't just read it as a duty, but you're reading it to how can I apply this to my life or how can I apply my life to this? You've got to read it with a purpose. Oh, I did my 10 minutes of Bible reading. Yeah, but what would you get out of those 10 minutes? Nothing. You go back again. You don't have to take long, but make it worth something. Amen? You've got to worship. You've got to have a lifestyle that re- reflects God. Those are keys to Christian living. Those are basic things. They're called the Christian disciplines. They still work today. Amen? Listen, by not putting God's word into your heart, you're going to harm your soul. Because if if God's word's not going in your heart, what is? Something's going in there. You might as well put God's word in there. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for this message. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, when when you deposit, you know, no one can see the roots of a trees because they're underground. But when you deposit God's word in your heart, it has a positive effect on your entire being. It drives depression away and it gives you joy. 
It picks up those who are down and it lifts them up. Amen? God's word has a positive effect on our souls. Glory to God. It's like the unseen power. You become like a sleeper to the enemy. You know what a sleeper is? A car that looks bad on the outside but can lay some rubber down on the road. They call that a sleeper. You know, you don't expect that car to, to, to whoop you in a race. But it's a sleeper because you got something inside that can't, can't necessarily be seen on the outside. I got something on the inside that's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. When, you, when the enemy pulls up to you, he says, you ain't much. He says, well, let me hit the gas and I'll show you. I got something on the inside. I got some power on the inside. I got some influence on the inside. Why? I've been making deposits continually and consistently of the word of God into my life. You got to be a consistent depositor. You weren't meant to live on 20-year-old manna. I'm telling you, once they got into the promises, the manna stopped. The manna was only for a season. But the word of God is forever. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But my word shall what? Never pass away. God's word isn't going anywhere. So you might as well embrace it. Guess what? God's word is still going to be in heaven. Amen? You might as well embrace it now. You're not going to get away from it. If you get away from it, that means trouble. Hallelujah. All right? So what do we do with the word? Number one, you got to hear it. Number two, you got to read it. Number three, you got to meditate in it. Number four, you got to memorize it. Number five, you got to do it. Number six, repeat. I'll give you that list again. All right, here's what you got to do with the word. Number one, you got to hear it. Faith comes by hearing. You got to be in a place that's hearing, that's going, the word is going where you can hear the word. Amen. And primarily when you read, read to your, read out loud. That's you hearing yourself read it. That's even quicker than hearing someone else say it. All right. You got to hear it. Secondly, you got to read it. Well, I'm not a good reader. Well, God will help you. If God can make a lame man walk, he can make a, a, a person read. If, if God can make a donkey speak. He can make someone read. God can heal your brain. All right? Then you got to meditate on it. God told Joshua to meditate on it day and night. Everybody say day and night. All right? Number four, you got to memorize it. That's part of putting it in ourselves. Right? I'm so glad for Bible Adventure. We, we help kids memorize the word. And you know what? It comes out in their life, doesn't it? We've heard testimonies of students who were in Bible Adventure who experienced God years after they went to Bible Adventure. After you memorize it, then you've got to do it. Don't let the word sit in your life idle. You know, idle is just running but not going anywhere. You've got to do it. You've got to be a doer of the word. And then repeat. Right? Repeat those steps every day. Okay, go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. I want you to think about what's, what's been hiding in your heart or what are you hiding in your heart? 
What have you been laying up in your heart? What have you been storing up in your heart? What have you been watching? What have you been listening to? What kind of conversations do you have when you're not in church? Uh Uh-oh, I hit a vein there. (laughs) Did you know that the Bible says in Malachi that whenever you have a conversation about God somewhere, that God records it in heaven? Why do you think God records conversations that you have about him? Because he just wants to bless you then. Amen? Well, if you don't have much word in your heart, you don't have much to talk about. All right, Matthew chapter 12. See, if you're not hiding God's word in your heart, what are you hiding in your heart? Think about that. Matthew 12, starting with verse 33. Matthew 12:33 Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit Notice it said make the tree How do you make the tree It all depends on what type of tree you plant Now I didn't plant weeds in my backyard they just showed up But if you want a particular tree, you've got to put that type of seed in the ground. Good tree, good seed. Bad tree, bad seed. All right? Notice it says, make the tree. You determine what kind of tree you have by what kind of seed you plant in your heart. For if the for the tree is recognized and judged by its fruit. You know an apple tree, why? It's got apples on it. You know a banana tree, why? It's got bananas on it. Right? You know a lemon tree, why? It's got lemons on it. You're 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 recognized and judged by your fruit. And your fruit points to the seed. Okay? Verse 34, you brood of vipers. (laughs) You know, Jesus didn't pull any punches. He was talking to a group of religious people who said, you brood of vipers, you bunch of snakes. You you, you hisses you. (laughs) Wouldn't that make you feel good if Jesus called you a viper? (laughs) He's not talking about a Dodge car, by the way. They They weren't around then. Okay, how can you speak good things when you are evil? Oh. You know, people do that all the time. It's not really in their heart, but they just know the right thing to say. And they say the right thing, but it's not really in their heart. And if it's not in your heart, there's no power there. All right? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart other translations say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the what? Abundance. The abundance of the what? Of the heart. Oh, my goodness. When you're in a conversation with someone for five minutes, you can tell what's in their heart. It'll come out. It'll be on display. It'll be for all to hear. You don't have to wonder what kind of person they are. It will be revealed. Okay, because they've been putting bad things in their heart, right? Verse 35, the good man 
from his inner good treasure. Oh, come on. The Bible is the treasure of God. And you've been putting good things in your treasury. You've been making rich deposits. Do you know what rich deposits lead to? Rich withdrawals. Rich deposits produce rich withdrawals. The good man from the inner good treasure brings out good things, and the evil man from the evil treasure brings out evil things. He's been depositing evil things in the heart, and it's going to come out either in action or words. Verse 36, but I will tell you on the day of judgment, people will have to give account for every careless or useless word they speak. Whoa. Guess what? We can change our hearts now so that from this point on, we we produce good words. Amen? Glory to God. And by your words, you're justified, and by your words, you're condemned. Whose words? Uh Uh-oh. Your words determine the sentence that you experience. Your words. If you want to change your words, you've got to change the content of your heart. can't change your words without changing the content of your heart. Amen? All right, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 23. This is a different day today, amen? So, the Bible is a seed, the Bible talks about seed time and harvest. The Bible says that God's word is a seed, right? First Peter tells us it's an incorruptible seed. It tells us the kind of seed it is. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. You have been born again, that is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, not of seed which is perishable, but which is imperishable, immortal, that is, through the living and everlasting word of God. How many are grateful for the incorruptible seed? Glory to God. See, when you deposit God's word into your heart, you deposit transformation into your heart. You deposit change into your heart. You deposit increase into your heart. Amen. You deposit health and life into your heart. Glory to God. That's that's the, the, the reality of it. So God's word is the incorruptible seed. The difference between an incorruptible seed and a corrupted seed is the fruit. How do you tell the difference between a corrupted seed and an incorrupted seed? The fruit. Good fruit, good tree. Bad fruit, bad tree. It always points back to the tree. Say, I'm the tree. That's right, we're the tree. Right? So what kind of seeds are you planting in your heart? Go to Ephesians chapter 4. For just a minute. And I want to just show you the difference of what is corrupted means. All right. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. Ephesians 4 verse 22. That regarding your previous way of life. How many know that we live different in a previous life? I'm not talking about karma or reincarnation, but before Christ. Right? We lived a different way. But when we met Christ, he, he raised the bar in our life, didn't he? He raised the standard, right? God meets you where you are, but he doesn't leave you where you are. He takes you from the clay and puts you on a rock. 
He takes you from darkness and brings you into light. He takes you from death and brings you into life. Right? Okay, so your previous life, put off your old self. Discard your former nature, which is being corrupted through deceitful desires. Where do those desires lodge? In the heart. Evil desires will corrupt your life. Why? Because they'll lead you into wrong paths and into wrong things. And all of us have walked down a wrong path. All of us has, have done wrong things. There is no one here, including me, that has never done anything wrong. Right? But thank God for Jesus. We couldn't change ourselves, but he could change us. All we got to do is put our trust in him and embrace him, embrace his truth, and let his truth be deposited in our hearts. To corrupt means to corrupt, spoil, destroy, or ruin. That's what Genesis 6 was. They were corrupted in their heart, and therefore destruction came. The destruction came as a result of the corruption that was in their hearts. This is so important for believers. Amen? Don't put the government in your heart. Don't put the news in your heart. Put God's word in your heart. Your, God, your heart was meant to receive God's word. Because that is the thing that's going to help you, change you, deliver you, set you free. Amen? Look at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Do you know, Jesus' mama was good at hiding things in her heart. When she would see Jesus act or when she would encounter God about Jesus, the Bible says she pondered those things in her heart or she hid those things in her heart. She kept them with them. She thought about them and she knew, you know, that's why she was able to say uh, to the servants, whatever he says, do it. She, he said, it's not my time. Whatever he said, she made that miracle happen. Jesus wasn't going to do the miracle, but his mama, who had been pondering the word in her heart, brought that miracle to pass. How many want to bring some things to pass in your life? You can bring some things to pass. You can change your current circumstance by changing what's in your heart. We need a heart change. You know, God is, a, is the first tra heart transplant surgeon. He takes a heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. And he doesn't even use a scalpel. He just goes, Zoom. it's that quick. You don't even need any anesthesia, but sometimes we do, spiritual anesthesiology. He knocks you out so he can work on you. Sometimes he's got to suspend our physical senses so that the spirit can do some work in us. All right. Matthew 13. Look at verse 44. Now, the Amplified brought this out, and I never saw this before. And uh, it says this, Matthew 13, verse 44. It's talking about a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a very precious treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid again. Oh, my goodness. God hid his word in the earth because he made this earth out of his word. And someone found the word, they found what was hidden, and they hid it again. Where did they hide it again? They hid it in their hearts. He found what was hidden and hid it again because it was
was so valuable, so precious. It was the most, it was the most important discovery he ever made. So he hit it again. I saw that last night and I was like, whoo. He found it and he hit it again. He had to hide it in his heart. Then, in his joy, well, what he hid in his heart now started producing joy. In his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field securing the treasure for himself. In other words, when he found the hidden field, he, he was all in. He said, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly embracing this. I'm wholeheartedly taking ownership of this. I'm wholeheartedly taking this into my life. I'm selling everything. That, that just means I'm giving all to God. I'm not holding anything back. See, there is a cost to following God. It's your way. You've got to give up your way. And you've got to take on his way. And that is, that is the cost of following Jesus. Right? You've got to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. Why? Because you've, you've been feeding self for so long, that's the biggest cat. You know, the biggest cat is the one you feed the most. And that, that big cat keeps coming back. Why? Because you've been feeding it. It likes the food you feed. So it keeps coming back. If you want to get rid of that big cat, you've got to feed it. <laughs> Stop feeding it. Stop feeding the flesh. Start feeding the spirit. Hey, man, we serve spirit food here. And we serve soul food. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at verse, look at, look at verse 45. The costly pearl. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus is telling us what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a merchant in search of fine pearls, and upon finding a single pearl of what? Of great value. Everybody say great value. He went and sold all that he had and bought it. The pearl of great value is the word of God. Because in the word of God, you find the plan of God. In the word of God, you get direction for life. You know, there's not an area of life that the Bible doesn't deal with. The Bible will t teach you how to raise kids. The Bible will teach you how to be a husband, how to be a wife, right? The, the Bible will teach you how to be a good employee. The Bible will teach you how to serve others. The Bible will teach you how to honor your uh, country and God, amen? It's all in there. There's not an area of life that you will ever experience or encounter that the Bible doesn't deal with. But see, here's the thing. In the world, it's not the truth. This is the truth. So you've got to replace what's in the world with the truth. You've got to put the truth in you. Why? If you're putting something false in you, you're going to go the wrong direction. If you've been putting false things in your heart, it's leading you down a path away from God, not to God. How many people got strayed from God in the last year and a half? Huh? Why? Because they let fear engulf their heart. Not faith. You, it's faith. Fear is not in your DNA. Faith is. You don't have a spirit of fear. You have, you have a spirit of faith. And you've got to start acting like you, we have faith. Amen? 
Stop being wimpy, wimpy, wimpy Christians. We need hefty, hefty, hefty Christians. Think about, do you think the average man would have been able to take the punishment that Jesus took? No. Not even close. But Jesus, yeah, he was 100% man anointed by the Holy Spirit, and he was 100% God. He didn't operate as God. He operated as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Why did he do that? To show us how to do it. He demonstrated to us how we need to do it. Did Jesus hide God's word in his heart? Yes, he did. He said, everything I say, my, my father says. Everything I do, I see my father do. He was in close connection with his father. That means he was hiding his father's word in his heart because he did his father's word. How do you know if someone's hiding God's word in your heart? Because you're doing the word. You're doing what it says. Doers are blessed. Doers are blessed. You've got to put it into action. If you're not acting on God's word, you've got weak faith or dead faith. Faith without action is dead. Faith without corresponding action is dead. You've got to act out what you believe. If you say you believe in God, then you've got to act it out. You've got to live it out. It's too hard. Doesn't that, The Bible doesn't care if it's hard. Which is greater, the hardness or God? God is greater than the hardness. There's, there's no road too high, no, no terrain too rough, no area too dry. Listen, God can make, he can make a garden out of a desert. Did he not bring water from a rock in the middle of the desert? Not only to water the people, but the cattle too. And the cattle drinks more water. Amen? All right, go to Psalm 37, 31. Psalm 37, 31. Hallelujah. The law of God in, is in his heart. Not one of his steps will slip. How many want to prevent slippage? Yes. Then you've got to do something with your heart. You've got to put something into your heart. It's called the word of God. That is powerful. Not one of his steps will slip. Look at Psalm 40, verse 8. Psalm 40, verse 8. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is where? It's within my heart. Say, your law is within my heart. Did you know that just because you're in the New Testament, you still have laws? The law of love and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Right? Those are the two laws that are governing us in the New Testament. Amen? Go to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Hallelujah. This is the description of someone who hides God's word in his heart or in her heart. Blessed. How many want to be blessed? Well, blessed is having what God said in your heart. Why? That way, wherever you are, you know you're blessed. I have hid blessing in my heart so that whether I'm here or in India or in Africa or in Guyana, I know that I'm blessed because I, I hid the blessing in my heart. That means I can take the blessing with me wherever I go. Did you know? Because you don't leave home without your heart. Right? 
If you do, you're not going to go far. (laughs) All right. Blessed. Here's what Amplified says. Fortunate, prospered, and favored by God. Is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. That means I'm not hiding wicked counsel in my heart. I'm not walking that way. I'm not doing what they say. Why? I follow righteousness. Wicked counsel. All right? Following their advice or example, I don't stand in the path of sinners. If you want to sin, go ahead, but I'm not going to stand with you to sin. I'm not going to support your sin. I'm not going to support your habit. Jesus told a woman, is adultery sin? He told a woman who was caught in the act, he said, go and sin no more. How could she do that? Because the word was telling her. I bet she took that word that he said to her, which is the word, and put it in her heart, and she didn't sin anymore. All right? I don't stand in the path of sinners. I don't sit down to rest in the seat of the scoffers or the ridiculers. If someone is mocking or scoffing God or the work of God or the church of God or the people of God, don't you dare participate. Otherwise, that's going to be getting in your heart. You're going to have some, you're going to have some toxic seepage into your heart. I remember one time we had this, off, this was before I was married. I was living in Illinois and my parents' house had this basement and we had the most awful smell coming from this and the sewer was clogged up and oh, it was disgusting. But once we got it fixed, the, the stench went away. Amen. Listen, don't walk around with stench in your heart. Get clean. How do I get clean? Wash with the water of the word. Glory to God. All right. He goes on to say, verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he habitually meditates day and night. Everybody say day and night. You got to make it a habit of putting God's word in you. And don't say that you don't have time because everyone has 24 hours a day. It's not a matter of having more time or less time. It's a matter of doing something with the time that you have. Everybody has the same amount of time. Even if you take 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night, amen, you don't have to t- take a lot of time. Just, you, you just take that, make it a habit of feeding your heart the word of God. All right? Then he says, verse 3, he'll be like a tree. What kind of a tree? A good tree. Firmly planted and fed by streams of water. You've got more than one stream coming to you. You want to be that tree that's fed by those streams? Then you've got to meditate in the word day and night. Right? What meditation does to your spirit, digestion does to your body. Digestion breaks down the food that you eat. I was in a conversation the other day. I said, okay, how does the digestion occur? <laughs> you know, you got to chew the food, right? You got to bite the food. Then you got to chew the food. Your body uh, releases saliva, right? And then you can stand on your head and swallow because it's a muscle. 
but then it swallows and it goes through your intestines and your stomach. It takes what's good, right? It distributes that through your body. It eliminates the bad, doesn't it, right? But that's the only way that your body can benefit. If you want to meditate, if you want to benefit from God's word, you got to meditate on it. You got to take a bite of the word. You got to chew it. You got to think about it. You got to ponder it. You got to say it over and over again. And then that gets in you and it gets dispersed in your life. This is Bible saying meditate day and night. This is not some formula that man came up. This is God talking. This is Holy Spirit inspired words. You know, the psalmist didn't say, well, this will be good. (laughs) No, he didn't come up with this. God came up with this. God wants you to eat his word. Right? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You got to live by God's word. God's word is livable. Right? Okay, you're going to be a tree firmly planted. You're going to yield your fruit in its season. And your leaf will not wither. And whatever you do prospers. Can someone say praise the Lord? And then he compares the wicked. And they're they're very different. Amen? The wicked get blown away. We get planted. Glory to God. All right? Go, Go to Psalm 119. No, go to Proverbs 4. And I'm just going to read you Psalm 119.97. Oh, how I love your law. It's the meditation all day. How many love the law of God? When they say the law of God, it's talking about the word of God. Do you realize when the psalmist wrote these psalms, they didn't have a Bible like we have? They might have had the first five books of the Bible and maybe a couple prophets. That was it. But yet God was writing them for us. Amen. All right, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Familiar passage, right? Verse 20, Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, my daughter, pay attention to my words. Everybody say, pay attention. When the word is going forth, you've got to be alert. You've got to be receptive. You've got to pay attention, right? And be willing to learn. How many are willing to learn? That's called teachable. I'm teachable. I don't know everything. As a pastor, I don't know everything. Sometimes my answer, I can answer every question, but sometimes my answer is, I don't know. Amen? I don't know everything. I know some things. I don't know everything. Not one of us here knows everything. But we got a a book and we got a Holy Spirit. Amen? They can get us to the right thing. They know everything. We know the person who knows everything. That's all we need to know. Yeah. All I need to know is Jesus and him crucified, and I'm good. I can preach. <laughs> Amen? I don't, I don't, you know, that's what Paul said. All right? Open your ears to my sayings. What, how come your ears were closed? Why, were you, why do you have your ears open? Because you weren't listening. You weren't paying attention. You were disregarding what God said. How many know when we disregard what God says, trouble comes? You know, God, God said, I told you. I, I was trying to tell you. You weren't listening. Verse 21, do not let them escape your sight. Always look to the word. Always look to the word. Keep them in the center of your heart. Why? 
Because that's where the, the heart is where you make decisions. The heart is what you live out of. For they are life to those that find them. God's word is life to those that find them. I mean, health or medicine to all their flesh. Say God's word is life to me. It is my medicine to my body. It corrects what's wrong in my body. It heals my body. It strengthens my body. It renews my mind. It enhances my life. Amen. That's true. That's what the word does. But you got to get it in here. You got to get it in your spirit, in your heart. You got to weave that word like a, like a, a tailor weaves a garment. Like a quilter makes a quilt, right? They're taking different pieces and they put that quilt together. They, they sew it together, right? They're bringing things together. You've got to bring the word of God into every area of your life. Bring it into your marriage. Bring it into your family. Bring it into your career. Amen? Bring it into everything. Bring it into your finances. There's no better financial book in the, in the world than the Bible. God owns the silver and gold. He knows how, he knows how it's supposed to work. <laughs> He's smart. I'm not going to say that. But he is smart. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. All right? Verse 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, from, for from it flows the springs of life or the issues of life. Every issue you face is a heart issue. Why do people divorce? Because of a hard heart. They got a, they got a heart problem. Amen? Why don't people follow God? Because they got a heart problem. Maybe they got a heart of stone and they don't have a heart of flesh. Put away from you deceitful, lying, misleading mouth. Ooh. Watch your mouth. Or God will put some soap in it, the word. I remember one time when I was young, my sister had her own apartment, which was attached to the house because it used to be my mom's beauty shop. Beauty shop, And uh, she had this sink in there, and she had this glass on the sink, and I was thirsty, and it looked like water that was filled in that glass, but it, it wasn't water. It was Dawn soap. It was like some clear soap. I drank that. Ooh, that was not good. <laughs> Let's just say it caused a violent reaction in my body. <laughs> Put away from you deceitful, lying, misleading mouth. Why? Because you've been putting lying and deceiving in your heart. It's time to cleanse your heart. If you want to get it out of your mouth, you've got to get it out of your heart. Right? And, and devious lips far from you. Verse 25, let your eyes look directly ahead on the path of moral courage. You know, God's concerned about your character more than he is your spiritual gifts. But the greater the character, the greater the gifts will operate. Amen? Let your, let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you toward the path of integrity. Consider well, watch carefully the path of your feet, and all your ways will be steadfast and sure. Sounds to me like when you hide God's word in your heart, you won't, your feet won't slip. Saying the same thing, isn't it? Just in a different way. Amen. Do not turn away to the right or to the left. So many people have turned away. They're going to the right or they're going to the left. Let's follow Jesus. 
Don't turn away. All right? Turn your foot from the path of evil. Hallelujah. All right, and then let's go to one more verse. Colossians chapter 1. One more passage of scripture. Colossians chapter 1. What are you hiding in your heart today? You got to hide the word in your heart. It is the key to improving your life is hiding the word in your heart. It's the tr- knowing the truth that will set you free. Amen. When you know the truth, you can be set free. Glory to God. How many have been set free of something in your life? Amen. Isn't free better than bondage? Oh, it's so much better. Enjoy the freedom. Jesus will make you free indeed. All we got to do is change the heart. God, see, God works inside out, not outside in. When you got born again, did your hair color change? Did your eye color change? Did your weight change? No. But something changed. What changed? On the inside changed. The real you changed. The hidden man of the heart changed. You got born again. This other stuff we got to subdue and renew. <laughs> right? God made, God made people out of renewable energy. You can renew. You can renew your mind. Amen? Just, just, <laughs> we are solar powered. We got to soak in the sun, the S-O-N. We got to soak in the sun. Every one of us is a solar panel. Amen? We're, we're, we're light reflectors. Right? We can draw light from the light. The entrance of his word, what? It gives light. Solar power. Glory to God. All right, Colossians 1, and I'm done. Verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we, do, we have not stopped praying for you and asking specifically that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. How many want to know what God's will is? Well, when you hide his word in your heart, you'll discover what his will is. All right? Then he says, in all spiritual wisdom, not, not a little spiritual wisdom, but all spiritual wisdom. You know, when you hide God's word in your heart, he opens you up to the realm of the spirit. All spiritual wisdom. That's pretty powerful. And understanding. See, he gives us understanding because that helps us operate in what we know. God wants you to operate in what you know, yeah. right? He gave us an owner's manual so that we can operate what, he know, what we know. We can operate the word in this world. That's what this world needs. This world needs Jesus. Amen? Everything that Jesus said in his word, we're seeing happen before our eyes. Kingdom against kingdom. Nation against nation, right? Wars, rumors of war. It's happening. What he said is true. The Bible is all true. So don't argue with it. Don't reason with it. Just hide it in your heart. Just stuff it in there. It can take more. Your heart can expand. You'll never, you'll never have too much word in your heart. There's always room for more. Put a little bit more in there. Amen. Stuff it down. Shake it up a little bit. Right? See, when the joy hits, God shakes us. Why? He's just making more room for his word. Amen. 
You can overdose on God's word with no side effects. You won't, you won't experience any harmful effect. Yeah, the devil will. His kingdom will. Darkness will. You walk into a place and says, oh, the light has arrived. You go to your job, the light has arrived. You, you carry the light of God. So you got to be filled with his will. And he'll give you understanding so that you can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You know, God wants you to live worthy of him. Not b- he- How you live matters to God. You can't just take his free gift of salvation and live any way that you want to live. That's not acceptable to God. You've got to live by his terms. You've got to live by his way. Right? I'm not conformed to this world anymore. I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. That I might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay? And... When you're pleasing him in all things, you're bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God. Sounds to me like you've been planting the right seeds. Planting the right seeds and drinking the right water is going to cause your beautiful tree to grow and expand. Amen? And you can bear fruit in every good work. And verse 11 that you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power according to his glorious might. Woo, not your might, his might. You get strengthened with his might and his power. Glory to God. Something on the inside. They used to sing this at Ramah. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I got something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. And I'm not even that great of a singer. I sing solo, solo you can't hear me. <laughs> my sister got the, pre- the singing voice. I got the preaching voice. So if you want to know what God wants of you, if you want to know what to do, you got to put this in here. You got to take it off the pages and you got to put God's word in your heart. you got to hide it in your heart. The enemy can't find it, but you can draw it out when you encounter the enemy, and you can say, go in Jesus' name, and he has to go. Amen? With the word of God in your heart, God gives you his authority, his power, his strength, his goodness, his grace, everything. This is a, a total package when you get God's word in your heart. I have hid your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. I've treasured your word. I've laid it up. I've stored it up. Why? Because you're going to need it. See, you're going you're to encounter a time when you're going to need the word and you're going to have to make a withdrawal. Amen? That may be tomorrow. It may be several times tomorrow. You might have to make several withdrawals on the word. You know, if you want, to, if you want the Holy Ghost to speak for you, you've got to give them something to say. He'll he'll draw it out. We don't have to consciously draw it out. He'll draw it out. He said, when you go stand before kings and judges, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll give you the words. Why? Because you already put the word in there. When you accept Jesus, you're accepting the word in your heart. Jesus is the word. Amen. 
He's the Word made flesh. Glory to God. This country needs some people who know who they are in Christ and they know what God has given them and we need to rise up. Amen? And take possession of what God has given to us. God gave us this country. We're not, we're not, we don't need to let the devil take it away. Uh-uh. No, we need to speak out. We need to stand up. Amen. Why? We've got the word in us. We've got the power in us. We've got God's goodness in us. Amen. That's why he put it. That's why he gave it to us. So that we can use it to transform cities, transform nations, transform families, transform this world. Look at what these guys did with so few resources. Paul didn't even have a plane. Yet how many nations did he reach? How many churches did he establish? How many miles did he log on a ship or walking or a donkey? He did more with less. And we're doing less with more. We got to turn it around. Amen. We got to work the word. We got to release that word that's on the inside of us. Amen. Like a lion roaring in the jungle. Glory to God. Like the, the lion of the tribe of Judah. We've got to raise our voice. We've got to speak out. We've got to proclaim the truth and tell the devil what to do and where to go. Amen. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. The world can't put enough pressure on a blood-bought, glorious church member. I don't know about you, but I'm not just going to stand my ground. I'm going to take some ground. How many of you are going to take some ground? Amen? Do you know that the word is the sword of the spirit? It's how we fight. Glory to God, when you got the word in us, you're a warrior. You are a mighty warrior. You can do great, amazing, wonderful things. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter old or young. Your age doesn't matter. You know why? Maybe you can't physically be active, but you can pray. You can pray heaven down to places. God will hear your prayer in your comfortable chair. Amen? You can sit in your chair and change the world through prayer. It's your prayer chair. Amen? We, we think that we have to do this, this grand gesture when all God wants us to do is what we know to do and what he shows us to do. Amen? Let's hide God's word in our hearts. And if, if we've been slack in that area... Let's repent and just say, God, I'm sorry for not valuing your word like I should. And you know what? God, God is faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You know, God gives us a moment to change our course. We can change our course just like that. It doesn't take a whole lot. So stand to your feet, everybody. Father, I I give you thanks and praise for these people that are here today. They've heard your word, Lord. You've made them responsible for what they've heard. And I thank you, Lord, that they are doers of the word of God. They are putting the word of God into practice in their lives, in their families, in their homes. And people are seeing the fruit that's being produced of these good trees. And I give you thanks and praise 
for your goodness today, in Jesus' name, amen. And maybe you're not, maybe you haven't been the tree like you know you could be. You know, sometimes it takes courage to say, you know, God, I need to change my ways. And making changes, they can bring glorious freedom. And if you just want to make a public declaration today, I'm not going to have you make a confession. I'm not going to ask you what it is. But just by simply coming up and, and recommitting your standard to God, re, re, reestablishing you as, as a good tree. You, you just, if you need to come up today and say, I'm, I'm here today to declare that I'm going to be a good tree for God. Amen. I want to give you that opportunity today. And I just want to pray for you for God's strength, his power, and his, you know, his anointing to help you. Amen. Hallelujah. You want to be a good tree. You want to be a strong tree. You want to be a good fruit producing tree. And you're just making a public declaration. You're, you're spitting in the eye of the devil. Ha, ha, ha. And you're saying, I'm going to stand strong for God. I'm going to be steadfast for God. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm taking my stand. I'm taking it up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, I thank you for the anointing of God right now on these that have come up, Lord. Lord, I thank you right now that by the Holy Spirit, you're helping them change. You're helping them make adjustments. You're helping them do different things, Lord, in different ways so that they can be mighty men and women of God in the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you for touching them and helping them now in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy